Hobart's Hit 100.9. Hit breakfast with Dan and Christy. News with Tessa. News with Tessa time. Thanks to Bake Gluten Free Licensed Cafe in Sunderland Street in Moona. we got pizzas to give away. Hello, Tessa. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. You're ready for a big news week and a couple of questions all about it? Of course. Happy to give, excited to give away some pizzas too. Yes. All right, let's do it. Well, Paul. Hello, Paul. Good morning to you, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. What team are you going to choose? Um... Who am I going for? Dan. I'm writing Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Paul, yep. good on you. Uh, I can you see living. Confident. I can see living Carlton as well, and Dan's a Carlton man too. You mm-hmm. know, footy wise. Yeah, I love I love the way he goes about life. That's mm-hmm. basically it. <laughs> That's really sweet, Paul. I love the way you go about life. <laughs> Let's go pick out some curtains together sometime. You guys need a sometime. moment when we're off air. Let's <laughs> yeah. keep doing this. That's when you pizzas and I'll eat it with you. Uh, all right, Jaden from Paul. New Norfolk. Uh, so New Norfolk. Hey, Jaden. How you going, Jaden? G'day, how are we? We're yeah, very good. good. Jaden, I'm playing for you today. I'm very excited. Uh, I love that we both live in New Norfolk. Definitely. It's a good start. All right, so three questions from the week. Uh, let's see if we've been paying attention to the news. Test around. Uh, let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, what did Neil the Seal... Dan. Chris- <laughs> what did Neil the Seal turn up to After this you. week? Oh, well, he was hanging out at a beach, and I think it was near Dodgers Ferry. Is that incorrect? <laughs> it's uh, Well, it's not really the question. Oh, no. <laughs> well, finish the question. Then, okay. Have what, this one. What did Neil the Seal stop one Tasmanian woman from doing this uh, week? Driving her car because Neil the Seal parked in front of it, didn't <laughs> yeah. he? Yes. I saw it on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was wondering what suburb it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went Neil, way too complicated. You mad dog, Neil. I think you went too early. That's I the mean... silliest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Paul Next and Jade and the loving this Let's band. Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Which festival announced... Dan. Christy on... Monophoma. Yes. Tism. Is that what, yeah, what it's about? I love Tism. Greg's a stop sign. He's already awarded himself. Was that the question? Mm. Yeah. It was the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He question. did get it. Yeah, we're going to have a chat to Brian Ritchie about that after 8 o'clock this morning too, which is very exciting. Yeah, Tism. Tism announcing they'll be there in Queens of the Stone Age. That's huge, isn't mm. it? Yeah, Josh Homme and the boys. All Ooh. right, so we're on one each, are we? Yep. Yes. One each. Right. Let's okay. go. Let's go for it. So, this is going to go way back to the start of the week. All right. There was a bomb threat on the weekend. Christy! Oh, I think Christy got in. Was it me? I want to play fair. Who got in first, Tessa? You decide. I genuinely have no idea. That was that was an equal one, but I'll give it to you, Christy. No, I mean, I mean, let's. (laughs) This has gone through the slips. (laughs) (laughs) The bomb threat thing actually turned out that it wasn't a bomb. It was a a pair of headphones that was in the bag that was there. Yeah! (laughs) Yay! You did it, Jaden. We did it. Jaden. Pizzas thanks to Bake Gluten Free. You there? Good on you, Jaden. <laughs> he's, he's tuned out, and fair enough. Uh, you've won, mate. Congratulations. Oh, awesome. Paul from Carlton, I let you down. Sorry, mate, but next time uh, I simply made a splash by competing. You're joking me. <laughs> Interest rates are high. I'm going to battle to eat tonight. Hit <laughs> <laughs> breakfast with Dan and Christy. We are doing Bordy Panto at the Theatre Royal. It's good to tread the boards again, us raging thespians. <laughs> um, sorry, I became very pompous then for I mean, no good reason. That's all right, because mm. in the play... In the play. In the play. In the play. There's a moment where you and I, we kind of change our voices. We play two-headed twins called mm. Richard and Estella. You've got a great nickname on stage. What's short for Rich? Well, we can't really say it on Richard there. Head. So <laughs> put two and two together, figure out what my character's name is and figure out my motivation. Um, I think we're... Two-headed twins. It's the oldest joke in the book. I don't know why everyone says that Tasmanians have two heads, but 
Two heads are better than one. It's working, though. Like, we, the crowds have been great so far. It's really fun. It's called Hansel and Regretful. Um, and it's only on for tonight and tomorrow night because Body Panto, it's only a short stint of mm. four nights and to raise money for, for charity, which is great as well. That's right. And the MS Society of Tasmania, the Menzies Centre, they do incredible work. And, you know, the meat tray last night went out went out for 1050 bucks. So Hobart's been so generous with their time and money. I saw that. And you know what? Uh, the beautiful Daryl Peebles, who wrote um, this great, piece of art, Hansel and Regretal, and, and has for many years. He put up a cute story in our Facebook group chat of Body Panto about how a couple, they lived in Queensland, but they mm. saw Body Panto down in Hobart, and now they make an effort to keep coming back down every to Hobart single year. for it. Because it happens around November every year, and it's a different charity. They've raised over 50 grand for charities around Tassie. They choose a different one every single year. And isn't that nice to yeah. hear that, you know, people come back, they have a great time, and they're like, you know what, let's do this every year. Let's it's make so it a tradition. Good. And it's such a fun way. Mm. It's nice when you're doing a play or when you go to the theatre and you're actually you know, not just watching Netflix and you actually go somewhere and mm. you can interact with the people on stage because that just doesn't happen anymore, does it? No, well they're booing, they're saying he's behind you. We didn't get booed last night, which was interesting. Didn't the we? The first night we got booed. That's right. That's <laughs> we, right. we did we too. We just walked like, alright, I'm going to give the finger to everyone. I'm like, alright, you guys, you don't like us already. It's like, but, well um, you a D-head. Yeah, I'm a massive D-head. What a rush to both our heads. <laughs> Hobart's Hit 100.9. Hit Breakfast with Dan and Christy. I don't know how we got onto this. I think we started the show with, uh, what'd you do for your 18th? And then I thought to myself, Christy Hayes. Oh, my God. You would have been hobnobbing with the celebrities because you were Kirsty Sutherland on Home and Away. <laughs> no. So you would have been hanging out with Sally Fletcher, Kate. Alf Stewart, Ray. Donald Fisher. Uh, oh, Norman, Norman, that's his Norman name. Norman Coburn, who lives in Blackman's Bay. He does. Shout out to Norman if you're yeah. listening this morning. You know, he when is. I first came down to Hobart, right? And you, because I know that you used to watch Home and Away, which is Every very night. sweet. And you were like, you were like, oh my gosh, you knew Flathead. And that was really <laughs> funny because he was, he's just such a nice man. Anyway, I walked past him on Blackman's Bay Beach. Maybe the day after landing, like it was that whole weird t- Hobartian effect. Like you talk about someone, you're then like, you see them. Hang on, we've been on a beach before. It was Summer <laughs> Bay last time. But Chris Hemsworth would have been at your 18th, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Isla Fisher too? No, no. She was... Do you really, really want to Isabel talk about Lucas? this? I do. Okay, okay, okay. I think people want to hear it too. All right. Um, Tell us about your 18th birthday. <laughs> okay, well, from what I can remember, of my 18th birthday party, the last party I think I ever threw, maybe apart from my 30th, um, I... Yeah, Isabel Lucas came to my party who played um, Tasha on Home and Away and yes. the cast mostly came because I certainly invited everybody and this was in the days of when you could, like, sell stuff to a magazine, right? People right. would do that because mm. you thought to yourself, oh, well, if they want photos and, like, you just do a quick photo and you make a bit of money and you're like, that, well, that'll pay for the party kind of thing. How good. I know, Where was right? the party at? Somewhere um, in Sydney? Yeah. It was like in, the Horden Pavilion? <laughs> no, nothing like that. It was, But it was at a really cool venue, um, like uh, an art photography kind of studio I think like that and yeah it was really fun and and we had some cool parties over the years everything was really wholesome but I remember my farewell party when I left the show right we went to Luna Park so you you know Luna Park right on the water in Sydney like overlooks the the harbour incredible right and um, Raymar who plays Alf I don't know if I've told you this story but he notoriously didn't go to parties because you're Alf like how Mm. can you just you're too cool for them (laughs) and you're so famous like Ray everywhere he goes what do you think the first thing people say to Raymar is flaming mongrel there you go (laughs) you reckon he might be a bit sick of it anyway so I did not expect Ray to come to my party and um, and I worked with him a lot because we lived together in the Summer Bay Caravan Park. Anyway, I get there. We're at Luna Park. We're all having a great time. And and then he walks Raymar. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, Ray, thank you for coming to my party because he doesn't do the whole go to farewell parties because no. he's been there for so long and he's seen so many people leave. I think the only person's party that he went to was Kate Ritchie and Norman who played Flathead. Anyway, yeah, so Sally I was. Fletcher. Yeah, I, what did I say? Yeah, I probably got it wrong. Anyway. I was so happy Ray Ma came to this party and mm. everyone is freaking out at Luna Park because there's Alf. So you can imagine kids on rides and, and all that is sort of going crazy. And mm. um, we get there and Ray's so generous. He shouts all of us because I didn't have any money. I didn't do a bar tap. Ray bought <laughs> everybody in the room a drink. And I looked up at the clock and it was past midnight. They were supposed to close the bar, but because Ray Ma was there buying <laughs> drinks for everybody, like, are you going to walk up to Alf and say, sorry, mate, you know, we're closing the bar, you can't have any more drinks? Would you ever do that? What do you think he'd say? Yeah, exactly. He'd say, give me a flaming cocktail, <laughs> you mad dogs. Dan and Christy. Hit breakfast with Dan and Christy. Hit 100.9. This is the most exciting thing to ever happen. It's music, it's arts, it's boats, it's monophoma, and it's 2024. It's unleashed 16 days of summery delights, and this bloke is Brian Ritchie, the curator of monophoma, also bassist from the Violent Femmes. Brian, good morning. Good morning. I'm it's so great. excited. It's great to be here. Oh, mm. thank you so much. We're really excited, Brian. How are you feeling? Well, I'm pretty excited. This is the 16th monophoma and it's bigger and better than ever before, actually, which is surprising, but it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah. so fun. Huge act, isn't there, Dan? Like, there's huge acts on this lineup. I'm so excited about this one. Uh, Tism uh, coming to Launceston because these guys haven't played music in a very long time and they've only just started uh, playing music again after maybe 20 years in hiatus or something like that. That's right. Mm. And um, I tried to get them last year and they noted my uh, interest and contacted this year. And I did say, you want to play in Hobart or Launceston? And they chose Launceston. So they'll be doing a, <laughs> a huge concert in the Gorge. There are three weeks of Mona, and it does. the first weekend starts down here in Hobart. So tell us about some of the headliners that are coming down to Hobart. Because this is huge, mm. isn't it? This well, is so exciting. We kick off on the first weekend uh, on the lawns with Queens of the Stone Age. That's and incredible, that's a, Brian. Yet another band that has requested to come into Mona Foma because they played a benefit concert at Mona inside the museum uh, for charity a few years ago, and they noted that our stage was there, and they <laughs> said, we've we, we got to play there. Right. So that's yeah. happening. That's incredible. Um, but also on that weekend, we have Darren Hanlon with the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra with new orchestrations that we commissioned from Bree Van Rijk. He's one of the greatest songwriters in, in Australia. Following him, there will also be Courtney Barnett and Paul Kelly playing all on that weekend. Oh, my God. So quite a, a lot of Australian talent. Yeah, we'll yeah, have a listen in, to Paul Kelly. He's uh, a national icon, isn't he? Is. He is. Yeah. We spoke to Paul Kelly a few weeks back, Brian. Oh, really? And he was just incredible. So so generous with his time. Such a beautiful storyteller, which makes sense because he is a storyteller when he picks up the guitar and sings, but he also is so great giving that, you know, sitting around a campfire kind of vibe. Is that how we anticipate he's going to be with doing this show? This show is called Time. So it's a themed show of his songs that deal with the issue of time in various ways. And yeah, he's been doing a lot of really good stuff for The Voice. Uh, he's been speaking out. Some people say he's the Bob Dylan of Australia, but no, because he's much more popular than Bob Dylan. 
<laughs> it's true. As you said, Darren Hanlon, he's one of my favourite artists too. He's a great storyteller too. So how does it go curating this all? Because it blows my mind that you just have maybe the phone number of Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age and you can just give him a call at any stage? No. <laughs> <You don't. laughs> His people talk to my people. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of like that because, uh, you know, as I said, they've been here before. And, of course, he's from the same milieu as me. So that's normal. Darren, uh, he used to open for the Femmes back in the 90s. And what? I always really loved him. And I was kind of mystified why the Australians haven't picked up on him as much as Paul Kelly, for example. You know, he's, he's not as prominent, so I wanted to boost him. And Brie Van Rijk was the drummer with Darren when they used to open for the Femmes, but she's gone on to a career in classical music, so I thought it was good to get her to write the charts. Mm. And we've done this with the Tasmanian Symphony Orchestra several times. The, the Femmes have done a show, Amanda Palmer, Kate miller Heidke. so it's something that we like to do. You mentioned before as well the charity component with Queens of the Stone Age, Brian. I, I just was having to read before about how they also did a charitable component for Life for Paris, a French non-profit, a couple of years back to support mm-hmm. French victims of the attack that happened. Have have you seen this a few times throughout your career, bands or acts when they've done something like this, using their, you know, their fame and their shows to, to help raise money for charities that need awareness? Well, we, we've done it with the Femmes. Uh, like when there was the tsunami, we did a benefit for the victims in Sri Lanka. Musicians are very generous. I mean, they're generous with each other, they're generous with their time, and they're generous with their platform. So all musicians I know do pro bono work. Yes. Isn't that great? Well, uh, a lot of theatre, a lot of installations, visual arts. It's unleashing 16 days of summery delights all across the south and also the north. Monophoma.net.au and tickets go on sale. 21st of November, they do say. My so, birthday. Uh, your birthday. Hey. <laughs> hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. Many thank happy you. returns. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for organising one of the best events in Tasmania. Really appreciate it. Well, we're going to have over 400 artists and they'll be all over the place. Can't wait. Unreal, Brian Ritchie. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Hit Breakfast with Dan and Christy will go anywhere you do with the listener app. Get it today. Hit 100.9. Live on the listener app across Tasmania. Ready for Christmas to slay? Hit Hobart's Dan and christy Stuck in the summer. Oh, Slay Queen, this is what we're doing, and it's just in time for Christmas. I wouldn't say the 17th of November is officially Christmas, but I am getting festive. You are of getting you, festive, and I'm so proud of you. You're festive, and we've got $5,000 to give away. Mm. This is the best. $5,000, you don't have to jump through hoops. This is how it works, stocking the suburbs. Go out today. Get a stocking. We don't care where you get it from. We don't care what it looks like. We don't care if you make it out of paper, whatever. Get a stocking however you like. Just write on it. Hit Stan and Christy. Put it out the front of your house on the letterbox. Mm-hmm. Tag hit 100.9. Use the hashtag stocking the suburbs. Quickly fill out a little form on our website, hit.com.au, just so we know where you live. And we could drop $5,000 in your stocking. Yeah, it could be a business. could be just on the door. could be at schools if you want. Make your design. Put Dan and Christy on it. doesn't matter how good it is or how bad it is, as long as it's festive. That's a great idea. Mm. Schools out there, get involved. You can win $5,000. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it Families, come on, let's do this. We are loving the stockings that we are seeing across Hobart. I've seen some great ones out in Norfolk as oh, well, that's which great. I love because it's my hometown. And the Fun and Games Department have different prizes. So we could just be rocking up any day of the week. Could be this 
week, next week. We don't know. And heaps of stuff on offer, which is what we did yesterday. Risen Vale, we turned up to Jess's house. Morning to you, Jess. Hello. It was wonderful to see you yesterday, just hanging out at your house with your kids. <laughs> that was such a nice surprise. Yes, Jess, we met your beautiful kids. Uh, and especially a big shout out to your beautiful little boy, Dexter, who had on the coolest Minecraft audio I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Dexter, you there, are you? Yep. You know, we've been seeing all these stockings around Hobart for, for stocking the suburbs, and um, and we loved your stocking that you guys put out. Do you want to quickly tell us a little bit about your stocking and, and what made you put it out for, for stocking the suburbs? Oh, so we saw the competition online and thought it would be a nice opportunity for something for us to do together and get into Christmas spirit. We love Christmas, don't we? Yes, we do. And what do you want for Christmas, Dexter, from Santa? Trampoline. Trampoline! Trampoline! Cool. Well, Jess, do you want to tell, because we went around uh, yesterday to Hobart and um, and the elves gave us a little card to put in a certain stocking, uh, which happened to be yours. Do you want to tell us what the elves put in your Dan and Christy stocking, Jess? What does it say? Uh, the elves put in this lovely little ticket saying that we have won a prize and to call back this morning and to find out what it may be. On the back of it, I think that the elves have said this is not the $5,000 prize yet because we, you know, are still keeping that going for the next couple of weeks with all the stockings across Hobart. And do you have any idea what this prize might be? We have no idea. Well, Jess, we have some good news for you this morning. The elves uh, and Dan and Christy and all of us here at HIT would like to award you and your beautiful kids with $1,000. Yeah! Oh, my goodness, really? Yeah, $1,000 oh is yours. incredible. Thank you so, so much. Uh, you were forgetting into the festive season, just dropping $1,000 cash. So what do you reckon you'll do with it, Jess? Oh, my goodness. I think this has a trampoline written all over it. <laughs> yes. So. Jess, $1,000, honey. How are you feeling? Does that mean a lot to you at this time of year? Oh, it sure does. Um, it's such a busy time of year for everybody, so we are so, so grateful. Thank you for placing your festive stocking there and stocking the suburbs with Dan and Christy. And have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the generous gift. This is amazing. Dan and Christy. Here's more from Hit Breakfast with Dan and Christy. Hobart's Hit 100.9. We're looking forward to tomorrow, McHappy Day. Raising money, every $2 every Big Mac sold goes towards Ronald McDonald House Charities. Non-profit organisation too. We've visited there, Christy, and it's a bloody great place uh, oh, yeah. to get involved with. And it's for those support for the families with seriously ill or injured children. And joining us right now is an old friend from way back, all the way from Capona, Ash, to talk about uh, your time at Ronald McDonald House charity uh good morning to you ash how are you going hi dan hi christy yep really good thank you how are you very good we're, now we're you've good. stayed there twice with georgie and alfie so tell us about why it had to happen and your experience yeah so we have had two stays at ronald mcdonald house in hobart um the first one was with the premature birth of our daughter georgie mm-hmm. uh, so she was born at 30 weeks so we got flown down from bernie and ended up at the royal hobart and had a three-week stay at ronald mcdonald house um, with her while she was at NICU. And they were amazing the first time around, just making it a home away from home, basically. And we had a really good experience the first time. And then almost four years later, 
never expected to need it again and ended up down there again with the premature birth of our son, Alfie, also at 38. I can't even imagine what that was like for you, Ash. Um, first time mum I'm with your beautiful daughter, Georgie, who's, you know, almost four, but premier baby and, and living so far away. That must have been so stressful for you and you need that support of Ronald McDonald House Charities and, and keeping the family together. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you just, I think until you actually need that support, you don't realise how beneficial it is for the families and just exactly what they do for people. And how were you emotionally at the time, Ashley? Because one, uh, travelling a long distance for medical treatment, you must have been worried the whole time. Yeah, that's right. So first time round, it was all a whirlwind because Georgie came fairly suddenly. But this most recent time was even harder emotionally because we already had Georgie at home, who was three. And then we spent, or I spent two weeks in hospital prior to Alfie's arrival. So we had that sort of interim time that was really stressful. Absolutely, Ash. It's, you can't even imagine what that would have been like for you guys. And especially, as you said, when Alfie came along, your second baby, that's a beautiful little premier baby and all the, not only stress of logistics that goes into that, but the fear and the emotion and stuff like that too. And so how would you describe your stay at Ronald McDonald House Charities? Like what was it, you know, when you woke up and how you slept and the food even keeping the family fed how did that all work yeah so that was amazing so they were really accommodating and um, put us in a family room so we were able to have Georgie with us we had community groups businesses Um, I think you guys come in and do a special program and cook once a week for the family. We cook meals Mexican-themed, which is pretty cool, and that's necessities for families staying there because non-for-profit organisation, a lot of people might not know this, this is why McHappy Day is so important tomorrow, but that's where you can assist because it's run by a lot of volunteers. Yes, that's exactly right, and who doesn't love another reason to have some Maccas? But yes, definitely a great reason. Obviously, Ronald Mac provide all the staples for breakfast and all those basic foods off donations as well, which I don't think people probably realise until they're in there using yeah, using what they need. It's the least you can do. And, you know, any businesses out there too, I implore you to get involved. It's an amazing thing that you can do with your team, going there and cook a meal for, for families like Ash's family and all the families across Hobart who need that, that love and support. And so, Ash, for our beautiful listeners now, uh, anything that you want to say to them about McHappy Day tomorrow and why it means so much just to go out and get that Big Mac? Yes, for sure. And if you don't like a Big Mac, grab some crazy socks or buy a happy hand, just make any... You know, any donation, big or small, helps. Um, It's definitely a huge support for those families going through, you know, sick or ill children, injured children, and, yeah, get behind McHappy Day and support Ronald Mac House as much as you can. And how are the kids doing now, by the way, Ashley? Are they Uh, good? They're they're really good, thank you. So, yeah, Georgie's almost four. She's got a birthday on Monday. Off to kinder next year. Alfie's nearly hit the six-month mark, and they're doing really well. Oh, brilliant. Well, uh, lots of love and raise much-needed funds tomorrow for McHappy Day. Celebrate a wonderful cause, which is Ronald McDonald House Charities. But, Ash, wishing you and your partner, Luke, all the best and big love to Georgie and Alfie, and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, guys.
Hobart's Hit 100.9. Hit Breakfast with Dan and Christy. Football slash soccer. Whatever we, we call it. it. Oh, yeah. Ricky Martin loved it back in <laughs> the day uh, when he wrote this song, uh, The Cup of Life. Hey, welcome to Wrexham. It's probably my favourite series uh, when it comes to sport. It's a nice documentary. And for those playing at home, so this is what's happened. So Rob McElhenney, so from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Ryan Reynolds, who you know from Deadpool, also uh, one of the most famous people on the planet, they just bought a football team, the, one of the oldest in Wales, and season two uh, was just incredible. Rob and I came together to purchase a football club. Everything is going exactly the way we want it to go. And then we lost in the semifinal. This was not in the Hollywood script. But now millions of people are following and watching, which we didn't have before. A lot of, uh, a lot of expectation. Oh my God, the expectation. So good. It is honestly the most incredible, I reckon I'm going to call it, like you said, probably the best doco series about sport I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Beckham was phenomenal as well, don't get oh, me wrong. Beckham was unbelievable. But, but this is completely different. And you're right, what they did, they bought this soccer football club, whatever you want to call it, that was struggling. And if you haven't seen Welcome to Wrexham, you don't even have to love sport to get into it because no. it shows how, A, incredible it is for the local economy. I mean, you talk about whether we need a stadium here or not, something that I was very on the fence with until I saw this series and I just went, oh, my God, look how much money it brought to the town. Mm-hmm. Look how much the town had a united um, enthusiasm for, for yeah. really being investing in the same thing, how much mm-hmm. money was locally being spent and how everyone came to this town mm-hmm. to support it. And, like, not even just that stuff as well, but the episodes on the series, it's sometimes not even about, it's mostly not about Ryan Reynolds at all. It's about the players, but it's also about the stuff that happens off the field, like that beautiful yeah. episode about the captain with his autistic son mm-hmm. and and the autistic fans and the, how they did a sensory game. That was honestly one of the most beautiful things I've, I've ever seen. I've my eyes out so many times watching it, and, mm. and they just do stories about, you know, the players' families and, or the trainers or, you know, the women's team who went from, you know, the, the worst team in the sport to the most story football teams in history to glory it's unbelievable it's that that spirit of the town yeah. and and exactly and it's been renewed for a third season which is great welcome to Wrexham season three so we continue to follow this story and I'm, I'm just like so involved in this there's so many thrilling moments and that's what sport does to you at times and and like you said if you don't even like sport like you watch this story and you're like the stuff that they achieve and, and what you think is impossible isn't mm. at the end of it all I don't know if you've seen the last episode I'm not going to ruin it for everyone, but like it actually just brought me to tears. It was an unbelievable story. So now it's back. So great work, Rob and Ryan. They've just transformed the city. Um, they're definitely in the red when it comes to cash, though. They just keep on just <laughs> pumping money into it. The Hollywood superstars. They probably brought so them to tears as well. They're going to be broke. <laughs> Hobart's hit 100.9.